Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's sleepiest episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. I'm sleepy. Also hungry. No, I'm not hungry anymore. Although my name is Zach. Those are the seven dwarves, right? Yes, hungry, sleepy, dopey, grumpy, and Tyler. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that was only six. Also Mario. All right, got him. And Gimli. Obviously. That's right. How how could I forget about Gimli? We are watching episode 47, which if I wiggle a control stick will come up on screen. The final light. Gimli's a secret eighth unlocked dwarf. We're almost done. There's only one more episode of Gundam Seed. Yeah, does it just end with everyone dying? Because I feel like that's how this should end. No, that's Zeta Gundam and apparently Iron-Blooded Orphans. Spoiler. Oh, well, good to know. I feel like Rao just wins, everyone dies. I guess that kind of makes sense from what I know of IBO, but I didn't get that far in that one. Neither did I. I got halfway. I'm not comfortable calling it IBO because it sounds suspiciously similar to IBS or any other of a number of gastrointestinal related conditions. And like, that's just weird. Well, actually, you know, with IBS, everyone dies in the end. And in Zeta Gundam, everyone dies except for Camille, who is in a coma, Char, who secretly survives, Haman, who wins, and Bright, who has to clean up this goddamn mess with a bunch of punk teenagers driving Gundams. What did he do to deserve that? Poor Bright. Uh. How, how different would this universe have been if Bright was commanding a ship? I feel like Natarl is just Fembright. Yeah, she's maybe a little more hard-ass than he is. He's pretty <coughs> hard-ass. I guess he has a soft heart that he hides. He has to put on a hard-ass persona. Yeah, exactly. But, like, Natarl never has to clean up after these goddamn teenagers. She just leaves. No, she's so. Maru for that. <laughs> and Moo. <laughs> Moo doesn't clean up after the goddamn teenagers. He, he joins in making the mat. Like, he plays around in the party with them. He's like, well, they're going to do it anyway. We should get him some condoms, Maru. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, so with that metaphor, that's really sad considering what happens to Moo in this episode. Yep. And Natarl. Yep. Natarl comes to the end of her tragic arc, and I'm excited to talk about it. Moo begins his tragic arc. <laughs> By dying. <laughs> well, if you're going to start a tragic arc... There are fates worse than death. <laughs> One yep. of them is called Destiny. Yep. Um, I was actually going to say that uh, Moo's... Well, okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I was going to say Moo's death is super heavily foreshadowed, though, so... Yes. Actually, it's Maru's tragic arc. It's coming full circle. It's happening like, again. Natarl's a proper tragic character. She has a tragic flaw that leads her to this fate. And then she attempts to redeem herself at the end yeah. and then dies. That's Moo's great. plot armor just runs out. Literally, he, he held up all of his plot armor in front of the plot lasers, and the lasers won. Well, they had to kill an important character to justify all the others they killed. So, <laughs> and to make you feel like they might kill someone in the finale. <laughs> Moo was or everyone in the finale that might go full Zeta Gundam. I mean, I'm expecting it at this point. I haven't watched the last episode yet. I'm, I'm saving that... For a glass of sherry and a cold winter's night. Oh, well, that should be soon. Yeah, I was going to say that soon. In recording land. Uh, So shall we begin then? We start with just a straight up last time on Gundam Seed. Lots of stuff got blowed up. There was a Death Star. There were nukes. Patrick Zala was like, hey, Rao, take this cool new Gundam. It's very cool. Do not say otherwise or you will be shot. And I don't know. Stop him. 
I mean, the only thing that was different from that recap of last time and the previous recap of last time was Rao got a mobile suit. Another mobile suit. Also, Kigali got a mobile suit. I forgot about that. That's very Kigali got a nice pink mobile suit. It's, you know, it's pretty sweet. I've told the story how in the original story it was meant for Flay, right? Yeah. They're going to give her a PR strike Gundam and claim she was actually the pilot of the strike all along. Yeah. To, yeah, that would have been... Yeah. Like, where did the Rouge even come from? They just, like, appeared? Uh, or helped build the strike. And why does Kigali pilot it? Is there not anyone else? She's a PC. Can we give it to Waldfeld? He at least has piloted a mobile yeah, He's suit also missing an arm and a leg yeah, and an eye. That's his driving arm. <laughs> he might still do better than Kigali. Kigali doesn't do too badly, all No, that's considered. true. I feel like she mostly gets lucky. Like, Waldfeld is a combat veteran. I guess he is busy generally, but frankly, I feel like Lacus has that down right now, so she Not basically really. just shouts orders at him, and then he does the same thing, so. She spends most of this fight quiet as Waldfeld she, does all the ordering. And she has a soliloquy. And she soliloquies so hard, she goes into seed mode. <laughs> Which apparently Kigali can also do. Yeah, that's to show that you don't have to be a coordinator, but maybe it is genetic. It would be great if they explained more about what's going on there besides they're going super saiyan roll with it <laughs> to be fair i am willing to roll with it that's fine it's the latent psychic potential of humanity that's somehow different than being a new type also this was the most new type nod heavy episode that exists in this show like there was all the funnels there's like five million new type flashes well that's because rao and moo are actually fighting each other again yeah they've been on a break for a while <laughs> they're an on again off again death march they've mostly been pointing guns at each other lately which is strange for them it's been oddly personal of late. <laughs> New types are for communicating across distances. Ah, ah. I was talking to someone, oh, it was Jen's brother, and he's like, yeah, Gundam is a show about space psychics. I mean, it's not wrong exactly. <laughs> so after the opening, we start with the Death Star shooting at the Earth fleet towards the moon. I guess they're shooting at the moon and the fleet's in the way. We get everybody reacting, going, oh, uh, yeah. uh, every, uh, every main character ew. anime grunts. <laughs> oh, yeah. my. Yeah, Azrael's like, ooh. <laughs> and oh no, it's aimed at the moon! Uh, which actually doesn't blow up in a twist surprise. It only kind of blows up. Everyone pops. The same can't be said of the Earth Force's reinforcements. As yeah, they all, no, they all blow up. Uh, to be fair, we find out only half of the fleets got destroyed. But... It's still pretty bad. And their base goes explode. Yeah, it's weird that this has the same microwave effect as Project Cyclops. Is that what that was called? Because saving animation budget. I think it also is just a really awful way to watch someone die that gets it across really quickly. No, it is horrifying. I was just expecting it to just be a giant laser, though. Like, Turn them all to ash instead. Yeah, exactly. Just melt them. Uh, so Rao, now hanging out in space in his mobile suit, continues to smirk. Actually, he goes full out grin because there's no one here to see him and call him out on it. <laughs> I feel like his suit might be cool if it had, like, some sort of, I don't know, Celtic or, like, Norse sun thing going on. So he just has an awkward torture wheel on his back. <laughs> so we get a bunch of stock footage, including the death of an astray girl. That's not stock. She goes out stabbing a Guazine. Oh, is it Guazine? Yeah, yeah, it's got the claw thing. So Asriel gets the good news that half his team has been destroyed. Whoops. So Maru's like, well, now they have no choice but to retreat, although arguably they have nowhere to retreat to and have no choice but to press on. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of missing the point that they don't have anywhere to go back to, so you can't really retreat. We get some more stock footage. It really helps show how big the battle is and makes it feel repetitive and actually a way I think is effective in this episode, although also it's probably saving a lot of budget. Kira fires the kill the grunts button and we get to see all the missiles off of his, I can't remember what the hell the name of the pack thing is. Meteor. Yep, thank you, off of the meteor. We don't actually 
actually see any missiles firing, though. It's the exact same kill the grunt shot that we always get. Also, I'm not sure what I think about Athrun's giant hip swords. They're like extra arm swords. They're like lower. They're like armpit swords almost. Yeah, they're armpit. They're swords. attached to the meteors. They're, yeah, no, I, I I see that. It's just they're somehow way less cool than just carrying a giant sword. I mean, that's definitely true, except for you can do, like, flyby attacks, and that's pretty cool. No, they'd definitely be way more practical in real space battles. They just look stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with Tyler on that one. There's a reason I don't really like the meteors. So Azrael's like, hey, send the nukes at the plants. We have to kill them all. Natarl brings up the excellent point of that is not their Death Star, that's their house. But Azrael's like, they'll always be a threat as long as they live, so we have to kill them all. I feel like the Death Star is a more immediate threat. I don't know what his... Like, I understand he's a space racist, right? But, like... <laughs> and he's pretty much lost it here in his grasping of straws. <sighs> yeah, I just... Like, he even actually looks like a kicked puppy dog in this one scene after Natoro tells him that. Yeah, because attacking the actual Death Star should be very much more pressing. Natoro points that out, and then he just goes full-on misogynist next and pulls a gun nope, because be- for some reason he's got a gun before that while she's telling him that though he just looks so sad <laughs> yeah and then he pulls a gun on him his argument is basically oh before we get to that we should talk about the shot they keep going to a flay yeah poor the flay. gun is across her pointing at natarl but just in her face it's an excellent shot and they spend all the money animating her face which certainly explains all the reused footage on the battlefield yep yeah it even gets to the point where she casually just starts looking away because this gun has been in her face so long she gets desensitized to it <laughs> It's like the tank in the parking lot. But Azrael's justification is more or less, hey, in a war, you're supposed to inflict maximum damage while incurring minimum casualties. The Death Star is armed. They aren't. Which, again, is not good logic. But as far as crazy man grasping at straws logic goes, makes sense. I kind of feel sorry for Floy because she just happens to be there. She's like, I just enlisted. Come on. Technically, she enlisted a while ago. She just took a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she, well, she was kidnapped, actually, for a while, and then she was. Uh, then she finally got a job. You know how teenagers are. They do the bare minimum amount of work to collect a paycheck for a while, and then eventually they realize they have to take some responsibility. They want to go somewhere. They want to contribute, so they start helping. And then they realize that that was a terrible idea. And the company they work for is evil. Yeah, and then they begin to take the minimum amount of responsibility again. So the Earth forces are on the move. The Archangel decides it's going to go intercept them and take on the Dominion, and the Eternal and Kusanagi will go attack Genesis with all the mobile suits, which I guess makes sense because the Archangel is like a flying a fortress almost. Flagship. It's got all the big guns. So we cut back to the Dominion's bridge where Natarl asks if Azrael's trying to take over, and he's like, I'm already in charge. You're supposed to follow my orders. Quit questioning me. I'm the boss. Get another nice flay shot. A mobile suit blows up in the background while they're having this conversation, which is great. I missed that the first time. And the person opposite Flay is just like, just do him a job. I don't care who orders me. I just got to do orders. Please stop fighting, mom and dad. Just <laughs> trying to do my job here. <laughs> I'll launch nukes. You just got to tell me where we're launching them. I mean, whoever yells first, I'll follow them. Mutiny? Okay. Launch <laughs> nukes? Okay. Just someone tell me to do something. I need it. I have no self-esteem. So Azrael is like, our purpose is to get rid of all the coordinators. And <coughs> Flay has like some flashbacks to all the nice coordinators she's met, starting with Kira and Isaac. And then she has a nice flashback of Rao, which well, is kind of weird. Rao was like kind of Stockholm Syndrome nice to her. Yeah, no, yeah. I get that. It's just really funny from our perspective. Yeah. More than Isaac, who, although if you're a Flay Isaac shipper, who I know exists, here's what? one evidence for you. What? There's two evidence. Isaac looking at Flay once and Flay thinking of Isaac. <laughs> 
back once. <laughs> okay. They're both kind of jerks who need to mature and grow up and stop being shitty teenagers. So in that respect. He's not wrong. I mean, so are like all the teenagers in this show. The arc is a little sarcastic, but. Yeah, no, he's actually is fine. Um, I mean, Kira has gotten better by the end of the show. Athrun is actually pretty much good the entire time. He's got angst, but he has things to kind of angst about. Yeah. I don't know that Athrun really, like, grew up so much as he realized that his dad was crazy and that maybe he should not be fighting with him anymore. Azrael gives his little speech about what to do, and Nataro flashes back to Maru, telling her that they're bailing, good luck, and all that, and how Maru is a nice person. Basically, they're fight over leadership styles, and how Maru's like, hey, no, you're right, Nataro, I'm a bad leader. <laughs> You'll make a great captain, Irony. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a lot of nukes. How do they have so, how many do they bring? Presumably all of them. <laughs> my question is, why did they have so many still in reserve? Like, why did they have so many of them yeah, in the no, first that's, place? Yeah, that's my question is like, when do they plan on using all of these? I mean, they haven't attacked their headquarters yet, right? Like, they've gotten through their defense satellite, but. But with the end jammers, why do they have them? They couldn't have used them for a long time. Well, there was just a stockpile on Earth, right? Yeah, presumably you don't just say, like, oh, this is useless, guess we'll get rid of this highly dangerous nuclear material. Uh, hey, Superman, you want to throw this into the sun <laughs> for us? So they weren't all just kicking around in a dumpster somewhere? Azrael just went to Bob's discount nukes and was like, I'll take them all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bob was really appreciative of the sales because the nuke market had not been booming recently. I love that Kigali's like, no, the nukes, I need to stop them. So the druggies are out on babysitting duty again. They're just poor druggies all they get is escort quests no wonder they're so eager to fight kira and athrun when no they get one, a chance and no wonder they're so crazy since they spend all their time doing escort missions no one likes those all they want to do is go back and eat some cheetos but no escort missions so because they're going for the plants Isaac's squad has to deploy even though he was hanging way back thanks to his mom they've kind of ignored the fortress and gone for the homeland so he gets the place and he's like hey I got guys try not to die guys you don't even get faces <laughs> let alone names so it's gonna be real tough but try your best out there do your best if you're lucky you can take down one of those pink ships I mean Isaac's order seems a little redundant don't let a single missile get through but it actually makes a lot of sense in this context because this is a situation where you really can't let one get through yeah, also you got to say something right you can't just be like fly out and not say anything you got to say something got to act like you're in charge fake it till you make it exactly so the archangel starts heading towards the dominion fires anti-beam depth charges which is maybe my favorite piece of battle babble so with the archangel approaching the tarlick kind of has no choice but to start captaining i mean i feel like at this point we're like almost full mutiny anyway uh not quite it's a weird situation because azrael's not technically in the chain of command, so she isn't actually mutinying against him. Her She'd boss be- told her to listen to him. Yes, but he can't give her orders because he's not in the actual chain of command. And like, him was- taking over the ship isn't really mutiny, it's more piracy. <laughs> I like that. I, I mean, Pirate King Azrael sounds badass, right? This I- is piracy! <laughs> I'm an expert. I talked about it earlier, but this is really demonstrative of Nataril's fatal flaw, and we'll see it in a minute when we cut back to her. She kind of sides with Azriel because her full belief is you're supposed to listen to people up the chain because they know because what's, they going, know what's on. going on. Right? Yeah. A soldier's job is to follow orders is her kind of core belief. Although there's that one guy on the bridge who's like, he's not even breaking a sweat over this. <laughs> well, he's just like, all right, look, I'm just here. I, I just work here. I just like, work here, lady. That's <laughs> like, whatever. Just deal with your thing over there and let me do my job. Yeah, By the way, they're 9,000 in closing. Good luck. The Dominion, a.k.a. the punch card archangel. <laughs> so they start shooting nukes. Isaac and friends are there to stop them. Before they can, Kira and Athern hit the 
destroy the nukes buttons. <laughs> Clearly, they didn't have somebody like Tyler on their side because Tyler would be able to find that one little spot where no one was protecting. No, that's where Kigali was. And so there's some cool shots of Izak being kind of overwhelmed as the three Gundams go after him. Uh, but before the raider can finish him off, it gets shot in the back. And hey, there's the Arca and there's a swell of music. And he has like a gunslinger hat tilt to him almost <laughs> as we cut to an inner shot. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I was just going to call it cool pose, but yours is much better. Athman's like, oh no, there are more nukes than I could handle. Also, these assholes are around. I don't think it's so much a matter of there's more nukes than I can handle. It's more of there are nukes coming and I have to deal with this jackass. So we see like 12 fly by pretty easily. And then Kigala's like, I'll shoot them. <laughs> and shoots like She hits of one of them and apparently sets off a chain reaction explosion. She helped. She helped. I'm so sad we've waited this long to get Kigali a goddamn mobile suit. Meanwhile, back at Angel Bowl, they're aiming Godfrey's and Valiance. <laughs> the Archangel isn't actually targeting the Dominion. No, though. they're going to fire at the Doolittle, the Argumentum behind them that is launching the Peacemaker forces. But Ezra's like, it's human shield time. Come on, we're the tank. Get in position. Don't let him shoot our healer. <laughs> at this point, Flay's just like, eh, gun, whatever. What's what's on TV? So Ezra's like, if you don't start, I will shoot you. Which, again, Notarl has the Archangel coming at her, so she has to sit down and start captaining. And she fires anti-beam torpedoes and aims the Godfreeds as well. So we get some really cool aiming of cannon shots as they start to close in. And then they get Simultaneous the first barrage. They take out one of the Archangel's Godfreeds uh, and just get a glancing <laughs> blow on Dominion. All the girls start spasming like Star Trek. For some reason, guys are immune to this. They just die in explosions. <laughs> well, I, th I think it's because those are all the characters that are recognizable aboard these two ships. Uh, there's the Azrael and Psy and Murdoch. Well, we're going to get the one reaction on the Archangel, and it's Maru. And I yeah, think so it's because it's a, it's a reaction shot that we've already seen from the Archangel. So it makes it easier to, instead of animate multiple people, you just animate Maru. What about Millie, though? She's there. I'm sure we've got... We the... haven't seen a reaction shot of them being hit when Millie's been on the bridge. Is that true? I'm pretty the sure. I, I don't think I don't think Millie's ever had a reaction shot on the bridge after they've been hit. Also, what about Holmesman guy whose name I can never remember? I don't think he's ever gotten a reaction shot either. Yeah, he has that water bottle all the time. That could have been a plot <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, to be fair to Tintarl's reaction shot, it's not just her boobs bouncing every which way. She also loses her hat, which is actually is a pretty true. cool touch. So the Dominion didn't lose a gun, but the Archangel did. But apparently the Archangel recovered faster because they get a second shot off that goes somewhere. Uh, presumably they are just ready to keep going. I assume Maru doesn't miss a beat where we see Natarl hesitating and flashing back more. Well, I mean, they st apparently that shot missed because it went who the hell knows where. Meanwhile, Mula Flaga is a character in this episode and he gets a new type flash. He's like, ah, La Cruce, it's almost time for our final battle. Better head over there. It's almost the last episode. <laughs> 1v1 me at Baron, bro. The Dominion fires missiles. We get the standard Archangel stopping missile shot, but we also see it loses the opposite Valiant, Valiant from the Godfrey that lost, but it takes out a Godfrey with it. And we see Natarl's like, yeah, I have to believe in the plan. Everything will end when we destroy the plants. That's what he said. It makes sense. And again, like I said, she's a tragic character in the most traditional sense because she has this belief that leads her to her death. I love that there's a shot of Azrael on there and he looks panicked. Like, he looks genuinely scared of what's going on because they're getting the... This is a slobber knocker of a brawl. They're just kicking the shit out of each other. Yes, it's a, it's a haymaker fest. That's what I said. Yep, slobber knocker. And if you're like a Gundam meta fan, the white base goes down in the penultimate episode of Gundam, so the Archangel might not be safe here. 
I actually really like that. You've got two ships that are equally matched in terms of firepower, just kicking the ever-living shit out of each other. That's the one thing I actually really like about Destiny. <laughs> is uh, we ship-to-ship have, combat. We have two opposite, similarly capable ships. That are not literally just the same ship? Yeah. Like in this? One's painted black. I see a white base and I want to paint it black. Uh, meanwhile, some daggers. daggers get near Genesis, and they just get exploded immediately by uh, Rao's lolling form. <laughs> straight love, on Joker laughing. I love that his mobile suit manages to look creepy as it looms up behind them. It looks exactly like a Rao mobile suit. It like does. It looks like it has that subtle grin to it. <laughs> I don't really like the design. It gets shot very well here. And then we get the eye catch, because it's commercial time. Yep, it's very happy, even though there's death and destruction going on in the background. We're about to ramp that up. Yeah. <laughs> It finally happened, guys. Kigali got a mobile suit. Finally. Too bad she only uses it for this one episode and then doesn't do anything else with it ever again. Unless she does something in Destiny, I don't actually know. We're only like 10 episodes into that right now. So, hey, everyone. No show notes this week, despite the fact that I'm recording the mid-roll and it's not a Jeremy. Alex actually edited about the first half of this episode while I was stuck in work hell. She's currently sick and playing Animal Crossing in the corner of the room looking at me while I record this and and waggling her eyebrows, she wants me to know. Fear her prowess, apparently. I don't know that we have anything in particular else to announce. Uh, we're getting ready to kick off the Patreon, uh, as we've been teasing for a while, but we're probably going to finish Seed before we do that due to some of our backer bonuses. But we'll get into that more when we get into the break between shows. As usual, hey, drop by our Discord and chat with us. Uh, and, you know, rate us five stars on things that allow you to rate up to five stars. That'd be cool. If it allows you to rate higher, hey, I'd appreciate a seven out of ten. That's pretty solid. Uh, I think that's about it. Let's get back to the action because, man, this episode finishes off so strong. So strong. Bye. This is the episode, I think, that ends up with the most or the highest body count. Yeah, we just saw two uh, capital ships go up. down. Meanwhile, the Eternal and Kusanagi are trying to push through to Genesis. They take out another Nazca class with the Kusanagi's Lohengrin. I thought uh, that was... No, it, it couldn't have been the uh, Eternals. I thought the Eternal did have one. No, it's got a main gun, but it's not a Lohengrin. Okay, it's weird then because the uh, Waltfeld was the one that gave the order. And I think that's why it always threw me off, was because Waltfeld orders the Lohengrin. Yep. So one stray girl down, two to go. Oh, there they go. Was, <laughs> I, they haven't gotten the third one yet, I don't think. No, they got. They already got one before Yeah, the that, that was before Was that the one break. that we actually knew already? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was one of the named ones whose names I can never remember. Since her best friend Krillin died, Kigali now goes Super Saiyan. The, I was going to say the legendary Super Sundari. <laughs> she actually activates seed mode, which is kind of cool. It's, it's a different a, color. Everyone's is the color of their eyes. Oh, I didn't notice that. It's because Atherin has purple eyes and Kira has blue, so they look uh. very similar. But her yellow eyes are very I distinct. thought Atherin's was, or Kira's was like teal. It is kind of a greenish blue. We get yet another destroy all the nuke <laughs> shot. Oh, God. The <laughs> looks so dumb. It really it does. so dumb. 
It reminds me of this, like, Transformer thing that I had when I was a kid. Like, when it was transformed into one of them, it looked super dopey. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Earth forces are down to just eight nukes. General Sutherland, the other named commander, is like, uh, destroy those two mobile suits. There's, like, two of them. There are three of you. Come on. They're killing us here. So Clotho and Atherin have a conversation about motivation, where he's like, why are you fighting so hard? Come on, cut me a little slack. But Atherin's like, we have something to fight for. What's up with you? He's like, I don't know. They don't give me the drugs if I don't fight good. (laughs) Shawnee's there too. (laughs) He he takes a pretty good pot shot at Kigali, but uh, Izak comes to the rescue with his shield, because he's now firmly on team good guy. Actually, Izak is on team whoever's not trying to destroy the plants at the moment. Yeah, that's true. But he lost all his guys, so he's with some new guys now. Really quick. I just noticed that his helmet is cut to accommodate his hair. <laughs> so Diarca and Izak start double teaming the Forbidden. Izak goes in for his customary beam saber attack, but before he can use his stock footage, his shield gets shot and there's a giant explosion. Kigali and Diarca are clearly like, oh no, he's the deads. And he's like, nah, I learned something fighting the damn strike. They're surprised. They're like, oh crap, another he- main character has fallen. Oh, wait a minute. He's not dead. Battlefield improvisation. I love that he comes out, A, with both beam sabers, and B, with the pack blown off. Yeah, he's lost the assault shroud. Yeah, which just makes him look faster, even though it's the same animation as almost always, but we do get a new shot of him just tearing the forbidden. Um, Yeah, that was a really good scene. You know, for whatever reason, it looks like the riser, the one out of of Double Lot. The way it's animated here, it it looks a little bit like It's because it's got that that two parts, and it's kind of cut. The Double O riser has the same, like, bulk in the chest. Yeah, it might be it. That was the first thought I had when I saw it was, geez, that looks really similar to that. Orga is apparently capable of being sad that his uh, emo bro died. <laughs> but we don't have time for that. We got to cut back to ship-to-ship combat with the Lohengrin about to fire, the Dominions, I should say, about to fire when it gets hit by missiles and destroyed. Meanwhile, Mu has found Raul the Crusade. We don't have time to go into that. This episode has stuff to do. Stock footage attack. Oh, it's dodged. We get to see the Providence's funnels for their first time. i say some and sweet funnel are, cake action. I mean, they're kind of cool, but at the same time, like, I'm not a big fan of funnels, generally speaking. I think it's because of how big and bulky the backpack for the funnels looks on that one. It's not quite like some of the other funnel-based Gundams, like the new Gundam, where they look very appropriate on it, whereas here it's just like... It looks like you a have backpack that was glued on. Got a big starfish on your ass. That's, it's a prototype funnel design. That said, I don't think funnels had ever looked this like fast and dangerous in Gundam before. That's true of a lot of things because of the way it spends its animation budget and the digital color technology that was being used here for the first time. They look like they can ruin your day in a half a second. Having recently watched watched an episode of G Gundam the rose bits actually look really nasty yeah yeah they do i was going to say though that uh if you don't already know what funnels are these might be extremely confusing to the viewer other than, oh no, Rao's got some sort of fast lasers. Well, they do resemble uh, what the Mobius Zero was using at the beginning of the series. Oh, that's true. Although they do kind of come out of left field here because this was something that Zaft had never shown an affinity for. Because the only instance we'd seen of funnels before were on board the Earth Force's Mobius Zero. Yeah, it's definitely a nod at older Gundam fans. These last two episodes both really are. Uh, because he a new type, of course, he's going to have funnels. And this is a new weapon that you can get give the antagonist to make him feel more dangerous when the freedom and the justice are these super powerful death machines death machines these are these things that can flank you that can attack you from all angles we see this incredible shot of the strike just barely dodging these shots from all different angles so Mu and Rao decide it's time to have a philosophical argument where Rao's like hey this isn't me bro everybody else sucks they're the ones who did this I didn't build a death star and threatened to shoot it at the planet I never built a nuclear bomb in my life it was the people 
<laughs> I only wink, wink, nudge, nudge the people in the right direction so that doesn't happen. I didn't start the fire. <laughs> it's always been burning. Who would have so, known? Ryle's a Billy Joel fan. <laughs> so as Moose starts losing ground in the argument, the gun gets shot out of his hand by one of the funnels. But he just pulls a beam saber. It worked for Isaac. I also really like to believe that Rao is just talking to himself here. Like, he's talking to Moo, but the radio channel's not on, so... I often like to believe that, but they're clearly responding to each other. Yeah. If it's not radio, they have new type well, conversation link. Moo only really is responding in one or two cases. Like, he after Rao gives his monologue, Moo's <laughs> only response is, get real, pulls the saber and charges. But that's like, shut great. up, but he's clearly can hear. No, what I was going to say, get real might just be a, like, you thought that tactic would work on me, not in response to anything, but he does actually respond, like, right before they start monologuing, he actually gives a real response that wouldn't make sense otherwise. Uh, meanwhile, the calamity blows up, it gets drive by by the justice <laughs> with the meteor saber. That was actually I kinda, a really cool shot, I kind of love how, like, in passing it is, like, it just comes out of left field, he dies, he's dead, go with it, move along. I actually like how much resistance the suit seems to give before it finally cuts through. It makes it feel like a really powerful blow. Yeah. And I... Like I was saying earlier, you seeing all the stock footage makes this feel all really like laissez-faire and normal, and I actually really like that effect of how tired it all seems. And the same with the Astray girls dying. They just die. Well, with those guys, specifically the, the druggies, it seemed like they were going to last longer, and they just don't. Yeah. Like, they just go down like bitches when they do go down. I mean, the Forbidden's got a pretty epic death scene. It gets kind of two-on-one. Fair enough. The Calamity just gets driven by. And we see Diarca and Izak take out a couple of capital ship yep. while they're here. Yeah, Izak just flies up to Sutherland <coughs> ship, holds a gun up to the bridge. And, and just... fires its underbarrel grenade launcher, <laughs> apparently, that it's got. Yeah, it's, he does hesitate for a moment, which I actually really like on Izak to show yeah, his because... maturity, but he, he does pull the trigger. Yeah, because it harkens back to, like, I felt bad about killing those civilians. Like, in retrospect, that was a bad decision. Anyway, the Doolittle blows up. And Azrael's like, what? No. It's now basically just the Dominion. Uh, meanwhile, Mu and Rao still fighting. Lots of fighting everywhere, basically. We get some more stock footage shots of things. We While Rao's as, monologuing. Yeah, Rao's monologuing. I think somewhat importantly, we see Kira attacking one of the capital ships. Is that important? I, I'll go into it in a minute. It's one of the first times Kira's actually attacked a capital ship in cause. Oh, that's right. He's like going to kill someone, huh? Yeah, he, he's actually killing people right now. And that's the one thing I really like about Lacus's soliloquy is it's over Kira like killing when he's tried very hard not to. And he's pushing the corner where he has to. But before that, the strike gets owned. He finally like gets outmaneuvered by the funnels and it takes off an arm and a leg. And it's a, just a really powerful shot. And I literally do not know how Mu escapes. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion it has more to do with Rao just kind of lets him go. Yeah, that just seems out them. of character for Rao. Not I guess. really, because Rao also is kind of sadistic and is enjoying the fact that's... that Mu is running around trying to stop what he's put into motion. That's fair, and from a tactical concern, he should not pursue. Yeah, an already crippled mobile suit. That's how I've always read it, is that he, Rao lets him go because I get to laugh at you now. As you watch everything you fought for crumble. Yeah. I guess he does want Mu to see the end, probably. He's got <laughs> that, that Joker true. theatricality to him. Yeah. So we see a shot of a dagger exploding from the Bridge of the Eternal. That's really cool. As Lacus starts her soliloquy about how humans could maybe not fight, but they seem like they want to. It's... Like a lot of the philosophizing in Gundam Seed, not as mature as I wish it was, not as good as I thought it was when I was 14 watching this. But like I said earlier, I really like that it's over Kira choosing to kill again for the first time since he kind of had his death moment. And that Lacus is talking about the emotional scars they're going to feel because they've been killing people, well, even if they survive. First, it's kind of clipping. 
it's just going through a bunch of clips previously on Gundam Seed, people killing each other, surviving, and, you know, the injuries that usually sustains. And, uh, actually, you said that it's over Kira choosing to kill, and it, throughout that entire thing there, Kira hasn't killed anybody yet on there. It showed him firing the missiles at the beginning of it, but the only ship that went down was something Diarca killed. There you go. <laughs> well, that was, <laughs> was, was Athrin. No, that was Kira. That was Kira. Well, does Kira also yeah, have the they're, stupid they're on the swords? Oh, they I both have the meteors. They're both the same thing. Oh, okay, I thought there were. I thought one had missiles and one had giant stupid swords. No, they both have swords. No, they and both missiles. have the same thing. Look, why have missiles or swords when missiles and swords? Yeah, no, that's fair. I agree with this philosophy. And we see the mobile suit pilots are all just exhausted from what they've done. And the bridge of the Dominion is a bunch of fairly panicked people. Yep, well, morale has got to be non-existent at that point. Well, especially because you just watched like two mobile suits wipe out most of your forces. It was five, but yeah. I was actually going to point out that it wasn't just all the mobile suit pilots are exhausted. It's all their faces cut in contrast with each other, like overlaid interchangeably. As Lacus is like, what about the people who have been forced to kill? Yeah. I thought that was a really good shot. Yeah, I really like the end of it. And she soliloquies <laughs> so hard, she goes into seed mode without her seed even bursting. Does she? Yeah, you, yes, she you does. see her the- irises in there. Okay, I didn't notice it. Has that art shot already happened? or I- No, it's in a it's in a second, I think. Okay. Although everyone else appears to have exited seed mode, including Kigali. Now Diarca and Izak are back together, so say goodbye to Diarca's personality. We haven't seen the seed mode. There, there it is. It's, it's actually a pretty obvious shot. Her soliloquy hadn't ended yet. Now she can activate her final move, Pop Pop Sensation. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, we're getting a damage report on the Archangel. It's a standoff. The Dominion and the Archangel are both basically just glaring at each other at the moment. And the strike is on its way back, and we see move like the cockpit is smoking. And he's like, damn, Raul Crusade, he's a jerk. He's got a sweet new mobile suit. I want one. <laughs> I actually really like the effect of, like, there's smoke billowing in the cockpit. Yeah, it looks really like, cool. It, and it's it makes clearly him damaged. Like he the shit kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. And Maru's clearly just worried about him. She's, he's, she's like, hey, report later. Hey, you know that net we always put out whenever Moose trying to land? Get it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like, gra- you know, the emergency net standby, and, you know, you got the whole, like, ground procedures for a crashing aircraft. I, I like that. So Asriel's like, hey, they're sitting duck while he docks back and takes a chance to fire. Tarl <laughs> protests, but cadet opposite of Flay is like, oh, that's an order. Better follow it. Better start uh, targeting that Lohengrin. Although, to be fair to that guy, he does check with Tarl before. He's like, wait a minute. Asriel's the d- crazy guy with the gun. And Flay finally decides to do something. She, as the comm officer, gets on the comms. I don't know who's going to listen to her. It's like, hey. Archangel, you need oh, to she's escape. basically just like dodge like they didn't know already. <laughs> like, well, you know, any little bit helps. You can pick up Moo later, right? <laughs> so Azrael just goes on a full out bitch slapper, like across space, which is a really cool shot because of the lack of gravity. Yeah. She like bounces off the display panel. But as he's grabbing for his gun, uh, Natarl tackles him. And- he has like a comic, like a cartoon look on his face for a second there. He looks like some sort of thwarted cartoon villain. Was- yeah, just for a moment, just a reaction shot. So Azrael decides he's going to shoot a gun in the bridge, which Tyler thinks is a very stupid idea. I feel like it would potentially jeopardize their vacuum-sealed state. I don't actually think it would va- jeopardize that too much, simply because... That's a battleship's bridge. A handgun shouldn't be able to punch through any of it to jeopardize the atmosphere. Yeah, Jeremy made the same point, and that's a good point. You're 
ship should probably be bulletproof. Um, counterpoint, it does also ricochet everywhere. That seems like a terrible idea for Yeah, it, I mean, it does make your Not instruments... Real cares. Instruments become very, very, you know, jeopardized by that. So, I mean, you could throw out your steering because, you know, if you put a bullet into your steering column or, you know, help anything else that's important, like, say, guns. It turns out, actually, all those are for show. There's actually just an AI running these things. Well, so- they have a random <laughs> evasion pattern, AI. So Nara's like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> and Natarl orders everyone to abandon ship, and everyone does immediately. They're like, uh, I'm out of here. Even or- Captain follows orders. Is like, yep, bye. Well, he's following an order. Yeah. Well, he's, he's following an order. It makes perfect sense. Flay's- the Archangel is going to win. Flay is actually the last person to uh, join the retreat. As Natara gives her a cool mom nod. She's like, I can be a mom too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would have been way more effective, though, to have her crew help her detain Asriel. It would have probably ended up being smarter, but again, it's part of Nataro's tragic flaw. She can't actually, like, surrender to the Archangel, even if they were to detain Asriel, because it's not in how she views the world. Also, I feel like this is the best way to save her crew, because there will be a struggle, even if they dogpile her, and they are in the middle of a firefight. Now, this is true. I don't fault her for the decision. Also, she's making it under a lot of pressure. But I, I still feel like I would have just said dogpile the blue guy. There's this shot I really like of the rest of the crew pulling Flay into the elevator when she's the last one in, which I just really like to show that, like, hey, she's part of the crew now, really. They're treating her like any other member. And they're like, hey, get out of here. So Azrael gets mad. And Natarl's like, hey, you're supposed to be giving orders. I believe in you. You should be doing, uh, and then she gets shot before she can make her point. We show that she has her hand on the gun. Presumably she's she trying to struggle pull- it away from she show- she- well, it. Presumably she pointed it at herself in the process of that when he put in letting Azrael pull the trigger instead of, you know, pointing it at literally anything else. I mean, I think they're struggling hands. over it. Yeah, yeah. And I think the implication is unfortunately because he's a guy, he's stronger, but he's only got one hand on it. He's got blue suit powers. So he's like, uh, I hope you realize how many demotions you're going to get for trying to shoot me. But before he can leave, she closes the blast doors. And Azriel doesn't have a lightsaber. <laughs> he responds by shooting her in the shoulder. And it gets a little gratuitous how many times he shoots her. <laughs> but also, I really like the will that Natarl shows that he's like torturing her and she just takes it. At some point, you got to imagine she stops feeling the pain and is just running on adrenaline, but still, every gunshot is drawn with just a ton of impact and also a ton of blood. Well, especially when it gets lo- when you get farther into it and it's all just drifting through the cabin. I like that she states her philosophy at this point, which is basically, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. So the Air King's just like, oh, looks like the Dominion is abandoning ship. And they're kind of like, what? I mean, yeah, but they're not blowed up yet. Yeah, they're still in pretty good shape. Yeah, I think they're in better shape than the Archangel right now. At the very least, it's comparable. So Azrael demands she open the door, but like Zach says, she's just like, no, I'm going to take you down with me. And then he shoots her in the leg. And he's like, I could shoot her again, or I could shoot them. (laughs) Yeah, somehow Moo is still not managed to dock. And the Lohengrin has already been aimed, so he goes and types the rest of Lohengrin.exe into the (laughs) computer. Object Archangel. I like how it just says object equals Archangel. (laughs) I mean, they have it in their database, obviously. So he fires the Lohengrin straight past the uh, lifeboats. Lifeboats. Luckily, which, they're not in the line of fire. Well, he doesn't care. That is true. He nearly nails the lifeboats. They aren't able to get out of the way. Flay looks so shocked. Well, just... yeah, because 
Yeah, Nataro wouldn't died. do it, and you know, oh god, he actually did. And the Archangel's going to die now because they can't get out of the way. And like I said, the white base does go down at the end of Mobile Suit Gundam. So we get a, another Maru. Oh no, I'm gonna die <laughs> shot. Very similar to the one from Episode 33, and my favorite. But there's a Mula Flaw guy, and he's got that big shield. That's the only thing Rao didn't destroy. And there's a really cool shot of the Lohengrin, like, dispersing off it. Although it's clearly grazing the side of the ship, which is also sweet. And Maru basically just watches as Mu fucking dies. Yeah, and his the is- shield holds long enough to dissipate most of the blast from the Lohengrin. We get a cool, like, last soliloquy from Mu, even though it's not that long. It's, it's and then like, he goes down. It's more like a parting shot. Yeah, it's, he just repeats his catchphrase. Hey, I, I do have a knack for making the impossible possible. We see the Gundam starting to disintegrate, and then and it then blows, it blows up. up. <laughs> and Mula Flaga was never heard from again. Then <laughs> uh, it'll blow up real good. Yeah, like we see dust in the wind, and there's not even wind in space. <laughs> Stellar winds. Solar winds. That's it. Maru starts crying, and actually, I really like how watery her eyes get first, and how she's clearly trying to hold it back. And then she yells, Moo! And then we see debris of the strike floating through space. Azrael is, frankly, shocked Which, that to be fair, they... like, it was a, a mobile suit shield. Usually, they just explode, and you emerge from them. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I kind of love that. And then after that, you got Nataro, who's clearly in bad shape, is just, you lose. He, like, she, looks, she, she looks fairly smug, too. Yep, I love it. Yeah, like I said, I really like how strong she gets to be here. When he pulls out the gun to just, like, shoot her again, and she doesn't even flinch. And the Dominion is apparently on a crash course with the Archangel, and so Maru's like, shoot him, we have a low end grin. Also, she's pissed now because yeah. Mu just died. She gets her other shoulder shot, and uh, we see that <coughs> Maru and Natara get to uh, say fire in unison real quick before the bridge of the Dominion is destroyed. At this point, Nataro's basically dead anyway as the uh, bridge gets just wiped out. And then the entire thing explodes. I like to believe that the uh, Archangel's bridge crew is just like, man, that was a nice shot. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Yeah, well, they hit it so good the entire ship explodes. (laughs) No, it's just because in this universe, if you destroy the bridge, all ships are set to automatically scuttle if the bridge is hit, so they all go up in flames. Yeah, there's actually a chain reaction of, uh, like, C4 just lacing every ship for this purpose. That's how all of the uh, Earth Force's ships are designed. That's how Izak was able to do it. And that's the end of the episode. It like ends on a very sudden note, but also it's really powerful. And yeah. we only have one more. Man, shit got real yeah. really fast. I mean, it was kind of foreshadowed, in e- or maybe not even foreshadowed. It was built up to, definitely. But man. And someone <laughs> had to die, and Moo is a good choice because he's not really one of the main characters. Like he's-, he's the old man. He doesn't have as much of a future. But also, he has this relationship with Maru, and we want to see them get together. She already lost one boyfriend. He's kind of a... He's the mentor character, and like you said, he's the one that really makes sense, because he is he's a main-ish character. He's been adjacent to the main cast the entire time. But if you're going to kill off one of them for significant impact, especially because you can do it here, and it still leaves the rest of the fade up to the rest of the people, because it brings that home as a... Well, Moo died. Who else might be? Moo and Natarl are both dead. Who might be next? I volunteer Izak for tribute. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very bloody episode, but all the deaths up to Moo feel like they're house cleaning in a way, where (laughs) Moo has pathos. And I love the way Natarl's character ends. It's a tragic ending, but she's kind of an antagonist at this point. So 
it doesn't have as much dramatic feel, whereas Mu dying really makes it feel like everyone's on the table. And plus, Gundam episodes are infamous for killing them all. To be fair, I did peg Mu as too cool to live very early in the show. You really did. Yeah, he survived way longer than I thought he would. Uh, and you had his death spoiled. I had the fact that he doesn't die, I guess, spoiled. <laughs> but what did you think of the moment? Oh, it was very good. There's a reason why the f- the fact that that's not final is so infuriating. Guys, Mulaflaga was never heard from again. <laughs> Neo Roanoke, who's that? Sounds like uh, Keanu Reeves played him. I was actually going to say it sounds like a Pokemon professor, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why that was so infuriating. Because that's a fantastic moment, a heroic moment for a character that, frankly, up to that point was very well liked. At least by me. Yeah, to have I- him go out on a heroic note. I can't imagine anyone doesn't like Moo. He's great. There's a ton of reused animation in this episode, but I think that just makes the new animation they use stand out more, and all of it's really great. The duel destroying the Forbidden, all the shots of the Archangel and Dominion tearing each other apart, the funnels, which I went on about for a while, and Flay's face with the gun in it, and like the blood and the impact whenever Nataril gets shot. It's all really good. Uh, this is a really good one. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of reused animation because of the reasons why you noted. They've got a lot of actual additional stuff in here. And there's not a whole lot of instances of poorly animated shots. There are a couple, but all on the whole, I mean, we've seen a lot worse from these guys. And it's a very effective penultimate episode because we can roll right into the next one with no problem. But also we've dealt with the Earth Forces now. It's just Rao and Zaft, the giant Death Star. To handle most of their house cleaning, I think you said it's only the raider that's left for the druggies that they haven't necessarily dealt with on screen. But the other two are dead. The Dominion's out of action. All um, the Astray girls are gone, all, finally. Well, the Astray girls are gone, but that really wasn't like house cleaning. Like was, that was house cleaning. They dealt with the Earth forces. Now the final one can be dealt dealing with the like primary antagonist in Rao and Patrick Zala's Death Star. Yeah, so pretty much all the nukes are gone, right? So. Yeah, and a bunch of the emotional arcs have been tied up. Like Mu and Maru, like as unfortunate as it is, that's the way that ends. Nataral and Azriel are dealt with. Izak and Diarka's tension is dealt with. Really, the only dangling loose thread at the moment is Flay. And Rao. Well, I meant from the Earth. I, I yeah. should have been more specific. From the Earth Forces, the only dangling plot thread is Flay. Yeah. And I'm really excited to watch the last episode, because I quite like it. Yep. I'm, I don't know. I'm excited to wrap this one up. This has been a good show, honestly. Yes, it's very good. It's it's my favorite Gundam series. It's my favorite giant robot series. I mean, there were definitely- like, There's a reason I made you watch it over the course <laughs> of three years. This is fair. I mean, there have definitely been some slow moments, like uh, Admiral Beardy Guy- probably could have skipped that whole thing frankly but that was only like four episodes i think that he was a villain yeah like i it's only one i think oh no you mean submarine captain yeah beardy submarine guy. captain beardy guy yeah. who, who are you thinking of uh a guy with beard of mutiny prevention I'm yeah. oh that guy okay yes like i've said before zach really likes the first half of gundam seed where it's all about the tension between atherin and kira and without that, the second half doesn't have the catharsis. But I feel like when Gundam Seed goes into its second half, it becomes something that's its own. Whereas the first half is repeating a lot of traditional Gundam stuff, which is why I really like the second half more, even though it doesn't have as much weight to it. Like I said, I like I like the first arc because I like the interplay. I think the more gray villain is a better one. You've got two people who could legitimately be on either side of the issue. The second half, people get a little bit too um, cartoon villain for my tastes. Yeah, Granted, well, G Gundam is one of my favorite series, so <laughs> but that's a series that from the beginning knew what it was. 
Okay, so high points. What's your high point, Tyler? There are a lot of them. I'm going to choose this one because I think it might be underrated and is... I mean, we mentioned it, but it, it's easily passed over, I think, on a casual viewing. is just that moment of hesitation before Isaac pulls the, t- the trigger. Uh, yeah. I, the... I like that a lot. Well, he's, like... Isaac's arc through the entire series has been kind of muted. Like, it's been going on. It's clearly been going, been it's tracking. It's just, it's not in your face well, as Well, he progressed from, like, fight-hungry teenager to honorable warrior, right? And, like... And it's this weird thing where in the second half of the series, he has no one to bounce off of because all his friends are gone. So he doesn't get to like angst about it with anyone, and he like he goes to Ral for fatherly advice. Is like, oh, <laughs> this is the wrong person. This was a mistake. <laughs> um, so he's got he's clearly got to put him himself together without anybody to bounce off of and ask advice from. Like I like to give him a lot of shit, but honestly, it he's had. Oh, he's actually a, a better character, character than he looks like yeah. on a, on the tin. I still don't like him. I think he deserves to be in front of a firing squad, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Zach, what's your high point? Honestly, it's one of those things that I've had a hard time thinking of, but I got to go with Moo's death because that, I mean, it's a high point, but a low point because I like Moo so much. And what I know happens later really infuriates (laughs) me. But you have a character who through the entire series has been portrayed as a mentor and a hero in his own right. And he goes out as a hero. Yeah, he gets that flash death where like it's without him. Things are so much worse if he doesn't sacrifice himself there. Yeah, because if, if he doesn't do that, then you lose the bridge of the, of the Archangel, so you lose the Archangel. And everyone on it. And everybody on it, whereas Moo trades one guy for the ship. And a mostly destroyed mobile suit. Yep. Yeah. With they have a spare of. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it sucks because I like Moo so much, but the moment is absolutely perfect. So since you took Moose's death, I'm going to go with Natarl's death because yeah, well, that's these another would be thi- the other points, which is why I didn't take either of them. <laughs> because while that's also an easy point to gloss over on a first watching, Natarl's probably the most complex character on the show, and she has a proper tragic arc. And it's sad that it comes to an end this way. In some ways, I find it kind of sexist. Isaac gets to have a redemption for his mistakes, and Natarl doesn't, just from a meta perspective. Uh, and that's not great, but I do really like her death and that she gets to go out on her own terms in such a way. Natarl, actually, I, I always kind of thought of that as that, like, final instance is, is Natarl's redemption. I never really thought of it as, like, Natarl's death necessarily as the same moment. I mean, obviously that happens. I always thought of it as the moment where Natarl actually redeems herself. There's another female character coming up who gets to die as soon as she redeems herself, though. So <laughs> think is... That one in Destiny, because I think that's in Destiny, or am I just I was going to ask if it was Kigali. She hugs someone really hard. <laughs> she hugs finally. someone so hard that she explodes. Yes. Because <laughs> I thought that was the only one. I, I thought we were out of the now. Or not quite, but that's how I always thought of it in my... Gundam Seed tries really hard to have good female characters and for the most part fails. So <laughs> that Natarl is mostly very good in that as a story arc works, I really like. I just wish there were some characters that contrasted her better low point tyler the introduction to the providence maybe um i like me some cool funnels but man i really like those daggers getting destroyed off screen super fast though yeah like that, as that they was approach. pretty cool like uh, they can't even get near um also the stupid smirk the robot has as it comes up through their ashes i'm sure these aren't high points <laughs> <laughs> those are high points of it but the the launch of the suit itself is pretty dumb I, I don't know. Honestly, I'm just having a hard time coming up with a good it's low It's a point. very good episode. Mostly Azrael sitting there, like, pointing a gun across. <laughs> I mean, again, sounds like a high point, uh, oh, but that, just... 
I'll, I'll... I love that at some point, Flay just stops carrying and is looking at the tarl. <laughs> Gun's not pointed at me. <laughs> um, I, I maybe my low point is, like, she clearly looks frustrated and she's just like, eh, what's on TV? She could have taken that moment to slap the gun out of his hand. That's my low point now. But that's not Flay's character. No, it's really not. Like, I can't. There aren't a lot of low points. Like maybe the reused animation, but like it's even that's not that bad. Even that's used to effect. That, yeah. That's what I was thinking of for one. But I'm not trying to shit down all your low points. I'm no, just... I, I just can't come up with a great one. Like maybe Azrael's like terrible speeches, <laughs> but like they're kind of necessary for Natarl to do her thing later. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going with the fact that no one stopped Azrael from just commandeering the bridge. Zach. I was thinking about the reused animation for a while, but then I decided I think I can't. I think I've got a better one, and it's we finally have Kigali actually able to uh, do yeah, something, that's a, and yeah. they still drop the ball. She gets to do one thing in the entire episode, then has to be immediately bailed out by a male character. Yeah, I was gonna go with that, and I love Izak stepping in to save because that's a turn for Izak, oh, which mean, is, makes it a super good moment for him. It's, but it steals Kigali's thing. It's great, but I wish Kigali got to do some more. Like, show her dueling with something or, you know, engaging somebody else, like helping them take down the Forbidden. But instead, he, it shoots at her. Izak steps in and then Kigali's like, well, I guess I don't get to do anything anymore. Like, maybe at least disarm a djinn or something. Well, she does shoot down a, a couple of gems, but uh, daggers, I guess. But at the same time, it's so quick, so passed over that it doesn't feel like Kigali ever really gets to do anything it, here. On the she first certainly watch, doesn't do anything important. Yeah. On the first watching, I thought she was actually an astray pilot, so... <laughs> I'm gonna go with something... Actually, I've kind of... Rolling off of <sighs> Zach's, both the girls get to go into seed mode in this episode, but neither of them get to do anything with it. And I really like that Lachesis is so different because she's not in a fight. It's completely calm in her, like, soliloquying and, like, her quiet rage, even though I wish the soliloquy was as good as I remember it being instead of as good as it is. <laughs> Just continuing on that point, it Gundam Seed Destiny has five very important female characters that it gives a lot of screen time to, and I don't think it does them a lot of justice. Do any of them do anything? Maru does a lot, I think. Oh yeah, I guess she does. And Lacus. I was also... forgetting there's a couple of there's a couple of characters that look like they should do some more in that series and just don't. And arguably Natarl does a lot. I mean, she ends up dying ultimately, but she's a Wait, are you talking about Destiny or no, Seed? Because you said you said Destiny. Oh, that's where you confused me. Oh, I'm sorry, I did not mean to say that. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Destiny was... is somehow even worse. <laughs> that's why I was confused. So yeah, speaking of a stray pilot, do we want to put the Strike Rouge on the list, or do we want to do the Providence? The Providence well, you don't want another... to put you don't want to put the Dominion on the list. The Dominion is Black Archangel. And well, the Strike the Rouge, Rouge is, is, pink, pink. is Pink Strike. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, Pink. Actually, I was going to say pink is clearly better, but honestly, it doesn't have enough contrast, I think. So. Yeah, I, it's mostly red. It's got a, definitely pink in there, but it's actually mostly a red suit. In MechWarrior Online, I actually have a selection of battle mechs that they're all in the same like series for me. They're all bright pink. I refer to them as my heartbreakers. So we think it's worse than the Ale Strike, then? What are we ranking? The Strike Rouge. The, the Rouge. I want it on there for, the, for completeness sake. Uh, uh, which one's the ale? The one pack? with the jetpack. The one that the Strike Rouge always has. Okay, gotcha. I don't know. I, I love the fact that it's kind of pink, but on the it just needs one more color variation. I I think the Strike, the ale Strike, I think is too busy. And, no, wait, hang on. No. 
No, it's not. Okay, I, I think the... The Ale Strike is the one Moo was using this episode. No, I, for whatever reason, I was getting the... I, I was, my brain was putting green on the Ale Strike, and it doesn't have that. That's no. the launcher. Yes. And I know that, but for some strange reason, my brain was like, yes, the Ale Strike is green. No, it's not. No, I think I think Tyler's right. The, the Strike Rouge is a little bit too monochrome. So how do we think it compares to the M1 Astray? Um, I like it more than the Astray, personally. I kind of like the Astrays more because they're more angular. They've got, like, some weird... I don't know. Like, the Strike is kind of blocky, and that kind of works, but... I like that the Astray has, like, curves to it, because it's a yeah. complete piece. Whereas the Strike is modular, and that's obviously intentional. But I do kind of prefer the Astray's design for that reason. Yeah, I mean, as long as we're going pink mobile suits, which is a great, great concept... Um, I think I prefer the Astray. The Astray isn't pink. It's got it's, it's red-ish. It's, it's kind of orange. Orange. Yeah, I, I see. What, I know red. where you're coming from. No, it's the same color as the damn bar. Like that—that that is the color of the Astray, dude. And that it translates perfectly to audio. I know. Uh, how do we think it compares to the Blitz? I like the Blitz's gimmick more, but I think the design is. I mean, the Strike Rouge is the Strike, but pink. pink. Yep. And I like the design of the strike more than I like the design of the blitz. Because yeah. I really don't like things that have everything in the same arm. And the blitz reminds me way too much of a Wolverine, which is kind of <laughs> shit. Going to agree. I think this is where it stops for me. Because the strike is so pretty cool. Even though the color scheme is not quite as cool as the strike strike classic. Um, with, you know, real sugar. It's also not um, as good as the Star Build Strike, which I have sitting over us right now. I don't yeah. like that color scheme near as much, but I like it more than the Strike Rouges. It's got more contrast on it. That looks like it should be something out of like a Gundam Seed movie of Endless Waltz. It's out of Build Fighters. Oh. Which is basically just like a, a giant inside joke about it, Gundam. It's Ale Striker is a detachable fighter jet, and that's, <laughs> that's rad. That's cool. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about, final question, is the Strike Rouge better or worse than the Sky Grasper? I think better. I would agree with that. All right, so Strike Rouge goes at number 11, directly below the M1 Astray and above the Sky Grasper. Cool. You can find our completely authoritative list of which mobile suits are cooler than each other at www.lastpodcast.com. Go check it out. We have other lists. We finally separated them out into different pages, so it's not a one giant page list nightmare. This has been true for many, many weeks. Did you? No, Jeremy did. <laughs> oh, good job. Like, forever ago, and actually, by the time this episode goes out, this will have been, like, a long time ago, so maybe cut that part, future someone. We'll see. So, thank you very much for listening. One more episode left, guys. I know. it's. What are we going to do after we record last time? Uh, that... I mean, I mean, we have plans. We're going to take a short break. We'll talk about that later, but... Like, the point of this launching this podcast was to get Tyler to watch Gundam Seed. But point B was to bitch about Gundam Seed Destiny. <laughs> that and is true. So much, and that was so long ago. I've come to terms with Gundam Seed Destiny. I've moved past it. <laughs> I feel as though I'm on a Zen level. But I know, Zach, that like Isaac, you cannot contain your rage. I do so. not hold grudges. I want it to be well known. I am not a person that holds a grudge. What do you Don't call- you fucking say anything. I was going to say, what do you call this then? <laughs> <laughs> A minor annoyance. So join us next week when we will watch To an Endless Future, the final episode of Gundam Seed. Wow, it's been one hell of a long time. I know. Bye.
time to fight. This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.